If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's first. Blubbity blah. The blubbity blah. Sending out good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Blubbity blah. Good vibes. Good vibes. Good vibes. Underneath breaths of deep gratitude and prayers for guidance and protection. And put on a didgeridoo and shamanic drumming track. Shivers or vibrations and stuff like that. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We are going to be chatting with friend of the show, Dave Matheson, and new to the show, Ksenia, uh, chatting about she does her star charts a little bit later. I'm going to be a celebrity later this year, so you guys definitely want to check in for that. And we'll spend a lot of time talking about CAC, because guess what? Ksenia is going to come to Utah and probably do some, like, she could do some readings for you guys, I'm sure, presentation. Dave's going to be there, of course, as usual, Brandon Powell. And the rumor is that everybody's favorite podcaster, Graham, I'm finally going to Utah again. Done. Yeah, I should be there. Yeah, I should be there if all goes well. Yeah, we're talking about Utah, uh, right in the middle of Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park for our Duck contact Creek. at the cabin event. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be fantastic. A, uh, a little more snow this year when we get there. But either oh, way, yeah. it'll be fantastic. Yeah. There'll be no snow in the canyon. Oh, it's going to be a time. Yeah. Of course, if you guys want to get in on that, head over to contact at the cabin.com. Got all the details there for all of our events. The Randall one in May has been flying off the shelf lately. If that's something you want to get into, I do predict that will definitely sell out probably in the next month or month and a half. That, of course, is May 15th to 20th over in Washington. But right now we're talking about Utah. It's our cheapest event to get into. It's our funnest event. We have a blast down there. Check out two of the coolest national parks in the country. And we do some side-by-side and check out some badass stars. And we get in the ice water, Brandon Powell. I mean, it really is a hell of a time up there. The hosts are great. We we really just have a great time. And if you guys want to have a great time with us, head over to contact.thecabin.com. Click on that canyon button. And uh, come join us in exactly one month's time. Yeah. So how you been? Happy Happy Equinox. This is it, the real New Year's, I guess, right? Wouldn't that be the solstice? Uh, not according to some people. You know why New Year's is on New Year's, right? Yeah. Why? Because it's... Uh, just after the solstice. Well, what happens is on the solstice, when the days start getting longer again, it's all in the evening. The morning actually keeps getting later by a couple seconds each morning. And the first morning that it's actually earlier again is New Year's Day morning. Oh, there you go. So that's when the morning is actually starting to extend as well as the evening. The evening is extending long enough to to still make the days longer, even with the shrinking morning. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
I think Randall Carlson told, told me that, but I can't remember for sure. We've had so many. Might have been Dave. It could have been Dave too. It could have been Dave. It was someone. It was someone. I didn't. I didn't learn it myself. Someone taught me. Does it feel weird to you that it's just getting dark now? It's like eight twenty here in Mountain Time, and it's only March twenty first, and it's already just with that time change. It's already staying light out till seven thirty or eight o'clock at night already. You know, and it just felt like it was getting dark at four thirty. Yeah. Not too long ago. Well, I guess about three months ago. Yeah. Maybe it, that's why time's just flying by. And, and the morning doesn't affect you. So the uh, mornings are a bummer because it was just getting to the point where it was nice and bright, 730. Yeah. Yeah. That was not, yeah, not yeah, dark again. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't last long. I think we're gaining like six or seven minutes of daylight a day. Wow, right it's that now. fast, eh? Holy shit. Yeah, you know, June, June will come around before we know it. Yeah, and then when you get to June, it slows right down. It slows right down at each solstice. To just like by the time you get to the 25th or the 26th, when it's days start getting longer, it gets like three seconds longer. It's like, fuck you, you motherfuckers. And that's like you know, 12 <laughs> seconds. twenty, But... When you're right now at the equinox, when it's clipping, it's six or seven minutes a day. I remember because you're watching the hunt times in September. Now, is that different in the north compared to the south then? Like, uh, I don't feel like it was moving that fast at being closer, like in Vancouver, for example, a little bit more southern. I think, yeah, it'd be extenuated by the further north yeah. you are. Yeah, it must sure. be, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's Calgary's not that far north. Well, I know that's what I was. So the way to look at it is this: is from December first until like uh, June first or June twenty first to December twenty first is only like one hundred and eighty days. You have to gain up what fucking eight hours of sunlight. Yeah, yeah. So twenty four hundred minutes of sunlight in one hundred and eighty days. And you're not really doing any of it. So it's an average of like a minute and a half per day kind of thing on average, right? But it's so for yeah, but for a month on either side of the solstices, you're barely moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's all made up in those like right now, because I've I've gone through it all hunting, because you're always not so much in the spring, but especially in the fall one, around September twenty first, the fall, you're hunting, so you're watching your first light and your last light, and you're losing like three minutes, four minutes a day. Right. Watch that hunt time. I have this app that tells you each hunt today, and you can see at the bottom today the hunt stops at seven fifty seven. Tomorrow it stops at seven fifty four. The next day it stops, and then you know by the time you're looking into the next well, week, yeah, like a weekend, week, it's all, it's a half hour. Yeah, yeah. By the time yeah. you're looking at next weekend, because now it's a Sunday, and you're back to work, and you're like, well, holy fuck! By next Sunday, the sun's coming up. Fucking fifteen minutes later, twenty minutes later, fifteen minutes later, and it's setting fifteen minutes earlier. Yeah. But right now is the glory days where we're eating that time up. Gaining. Beauty. It's been nice. It's still getting exceptionally cold at night, it feels. Yeah, I'm a little bit upset that spring's not kind of coming around. I feel like it's still a little bit cold. Uh, Winter sort of hasn't left. Yeah, it's nippy. It's it's been I don't know. It feels it like it's been six months now because it snowed early early this year in October, and now it's March, and there's still a shit ton of snow around. There's a ton of snow. It snowed a ton this year. It's snowed a ton this year. Though. This has to be one of the biggest snowfalls we've had. I think, eh? 
in a few years, I'm expecting it to fill up all the duck ponds. If it rains a lot this spring, it's going to flood for sure, which is fun. I mean, that'd be fun for a couple of days. It was a fun couple of weeks last. I mean, not for everyone. I'm sure some people had a real shitty time during those floods. But for me, it was just kind of, you know, a novelty. The job sites downtown were all closed up. So, were you here for that? Two thousand yep. was that two thousand and twenty fifteen? I think. Yeah. I thought it was two thousand eleven. No, maybe it was twenty fourteen or thirteen. Because we weren't podcasting. Maybe it was twenty thirteen. We weren't podcasting yet. Yeah, I think we were. I think we were just. Yeah, it, I was here for sure. I was. Uh, well, we, I was doing that airport job. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. Because I remember going to see the river. I remember we had Randall on, and I went to see the river. And my buddies were like, this river used to go this way, and now it goes that way. Like, in one day, one or two days, the river had completely changed courses. Like, the main river just cut right through the path. Might have been 2015. I can't fucking remember, but it seemed like it was a little farther before Trump than that. Yeah, that's, I know, I hate, I hate that we're looking at the BT. Before Trump. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought, too. I'm like, well, that was 2016. It must have been a couple of years before that. Maybe it was right when we were first starting out. Yeah. I mean, it probably wouldn't take much to Google it. Anyway, I'll find out. What do you, you should got ask, for us? You should ask, like, chat GPT for you when the Calgary flood was. I just go to chat GPT on my, do I just type that into? I, I, I'm not sure. Okay, here we go. Open, this is open what the AI. no agenda guys do now. Okay, let's see. Okay. Okay. Try it. I'll try it. Please stand by. We are checking. When, what have you been up to? Have you left the house lately? I got my new gun. It is stupendous. Oh, yeah. I finished off a huge book. We, it's on for, it's for sale now. It's, uh. It's called um, The Prehistoric World or Vanished Races. And it actually is, um, it's kind of like a scientific book, I would say, from 1885. It's not conspiratorial in any way. I mean, it does show what they were learning about back then that we've sort of forgotten nowadays, like about the uh, Maya tribes and the Nahua tribes. But it talks about ancient Peru, the Neolithic Age, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age in Europe, early man in America, the mound builders. There's like 120 pages on mound builders, uh, early geological periods, the men of the river drift, cavemen, um, antiquity of the Paleolithic Age. There's a whole bunch of, uh, I mean, it's a pretty interesting book, but it's not it's not really our sort of genre in a way, but it's the one that um, we did that episode on Grand America Outlawed with Archaics, Jason Brashear's. He got a physical copy of this book, and it was quite the book. It's got a bunch of pictures in it and stuff like that. So this this one is, um, yeah, this one is interesting and long, 20 hours, good value on Audible. So head to adultbrain.ca or directly to Audible for the prehistoric world. Give us, a good re- give us a good review on it because some troll, f- some douchebag gave it a bad review right off the bat. So Douching bargain. Yeah. He didn't like reviews. my he didn't like my narration and uh and he was complaining about the published publisher's date on it. He doesn't know what he's talking about, so that was a bit frustrating. Thanks for giving us a shitty review, dude, right off the bat. First day it comes out. You think he listens to the show? No, of course not. But that's gonna attract a completely different crowd, so hopefully it doesn't get ripped apart. 
Oh, I'm sure you did a great job. So I got a new gun. Uh, I found oh. I found a Canadian workaround that's pretty close to an AR. It's a 180 180WC, and it's made in Canada, and it's fully interchangeable from what I can tell with AR parts. Looks like an AR, shoots like an AR. We went out and shot a few hundred rounds out. Yesterday we went to the I took my mom was in town, so I took her down to the handgun range. And hey, mom. Let her shoot some handguns. She had a time. The 357 was a little bit much for her, but she did pretty good. She had a time. And then in the afternoon, we went out to the bush. Uh, there's a ton of snow out there still. A ton Do you need to bring your own guns to the handgun range, or can you just go rent them? Uh, you can rent them. They have a 50 cal. You don't even you don't even need your, your pal to No, go you could just walk in off the street. You and Maria could go there and shoot guns just by yourselves. It costs a little more. Because yeah. someone's gonna have, you're paying for someone's time now to be. I don't know what the to cost be. is because I've always just brought my own guns and I can rent their guns if I want to and shoot them. They got a fifty cal fucking Desert Eagle there. I don't know what that means. It's a, like a, it's a fucking huge handgun. I can't even imagine what it feels like to shoot. Yeah, uh, a legitimate still. hand cannon. Yeah. So, so you're, so you, because oh, we talked last intro about your trip from the States and the guns you're trying to buy there. And now you found one in Canada now. Yes. And, oh. uh, we, so we went out and set up, I was so, all the guns are shooting so good right now, dude. We so went you, out yesterday, set out some gongs at 150 yards. We went at 150, one at 170, another one at around 100. And, uh, with that fucking, Kodiak man, just like thirty in a row. Ping, what's ping, that? What's that? Ping, what's that? What's that? That's a, a that's an AR, basically. That's the, it's called a Kodiak. Called a Kodiak Gen Two. Okay. And you're peg, picking them off. Oh yeah, dude! At 150 yards, I'll hit an eight inch plate every time. 150 yards. That's With good. 272, dude. I bought this little plate off of Amazon. It says it's 400 steel. It's three eighths of an inch thick, and I shot it with my 270. At 150 yards, you can't. You can. I mean, it like destroys the paint everywhere, so you can tell where they've hit. You can see like it, but it's not really impacting the steel. I can't believe how strong it. Is. Because it well, because it doesn't. It's not up against anything either, right? So it just pushes it outward more and to swing around, doesn't Dude, it? Dude, I was shooting a half inch stainless steel plate, and that was the further back target. That's probably closer to 170 yards. As punching holes through a half inch of stainless steel. Wow. It's crazy. We should make you a vest of that stuff and shoot you. <laughs> of the of the of the hardened steel that yeah. put me in the armor and just, <laughs> <Yeah>. just <laughs> Maybe we could just buy you up. like one of those crazy vests. It's probably illegal, but we could go on the reserve. I'd rather if you're gonna do that, you just gotta put me in full plate armor like a knight and just shoot me as a knight. Dude, it's I'll just going like to go riding by no, on horseback man. and you can just, just shoot me go, off the horse. It's like, going to go right. Just shoot it, me right off the gonna horse. It's going to go right through the armor like that. <laughs> just like a hot knife through your body. It would still fucking, it would probably still fuck you up. That's a lot of energy. It's got to be like getting hit by a car, maybe, but all put into like a fucking two inch area on your chest could still kill you anyway that's what i was doing it was great pretty happy with it 
So we had a good day shooting. I'm ready for the hunting season. It's only nice. What like five months away? <laughs> well, you can hunt other than that, can't you? Yeah, it's kind of like baby season right now. So oh. I'll wait a little while. Yeah, till the babies pop out, and then uh, then you know different. As soon as the roads open up, I'll probably start trying to get a ram because they have their horns all the time. Uh-huh. They can tell the boys are. Anyway, but that's April 15th, so still uh-huh. still a month to go. Joe told me to ask you if you wanted to go skiing. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't think my knees can handle it right now. I'm trying to get in shape at home here, but. Wow. Well, I defended yeah. you. He was like, is he still able to do that kind of stuff? And I was like, yeah, dude. But I guess no. <laughs> able, able. <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> Where does he want to go? Maybe I'll go. I don't know. I don't know. He just said to mention it to you. So. Yeah, maybe I'll go. If you go, I'll go. It would It would kill me, though, honestly. It would kill me. I haven't skied in five My leg fell today while I was working, and I almost fucking broke my leg. I didn't know it was asleep, and I stood up. And I fell back against the shelving. I fucking almost broke my leg. Honestly. Oh my god! I did like I didn't even know it was that asleep, but I tried to walk, and I, I, the cats were looking at me like, "What's going on?" This is this not guy? good. This is not good. <laughs> so I got the stand-up desk. I'm standing up right now, but my feet are killing me. Your feet are killing you now. You're just turning into an old curmudgeon. I know. <laughs> I, I'm trying to get myself into shape here, just slowly and working at the same time. How are you making out? Good. What's your routine? No, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> this is one of those routines. I got it. Loud and clear, buddy. Support the show. GrabAmerica.ca slash support. Guys, if you're getting some value from the show, I can't stress this enough. It's important that you support the show. It's a value for value show. We count on you guys to uh, keep us afloat over here been a little down lately you know there's the covid stuff and then the inflation stuff and i don't know is it getting any easier out there you let us know uh but if it is a little easier if you're working again or whatever and you just haven't got around to it yet it is more important than ever to head over to grimerica.ca slash support sign up for a monthly make a one-time donation whatever you can do it'll just help us do little things like get grandma stand up desk so he lives longer and he doesn't fall over from just standing up we got to get, let's next step is to get him a step master. And then. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I have will, all the stuff I need. I got a treadmill here. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, well, actually, I'm all good. Well, we just have to get him some motivation. I got that too. I'm just, I'm just, I'm That's just enjoying the work. Come, it's I'm, a perfect I'm, skiing season. Yeah. I mean, Play if you go, arm. then yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Then I can get footage of ski patrol taking you down and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what do you got? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do we welcome everybody to the implosive energy revolution? I mean, I want to talk about that a little bit. I just want to mention that, uh, you know, the stuff that Randall Carlson and Bendall, Malcolm Bendall, have been talking about and our friend Brad Young, Bradley Young. Um, it's going to come out. It's going to come out. They're working on it. It's going to come out soon. So we will talk about it when it comes out. Um, it'll be on HowTube. And it's going to come out um, the implosive energy revolution. I mean, it is fascinating. It is. It's going to be fascinating. I mean, I, I feel like 
I feel like Rogan's missing out if he doesn't get ahead of this thing. He's got an opportunity to to do it, but um, I don't want to say too much now because it's not out yet. But it it is coming. I just want to give people a an update, and I'm sure Randall Carlson will have it on his channel too, and uh, or at least be talking about it. And Malcolm Bendall, and it'll be on HowTube, and we'll we'll talk about that next episode um, if it's out or as soon as it comes out. We will we will talk about it and mention it in detail. Because there are a lot of details, and it's an amazing story. Sacred geometry and ancient wisdom and modern, clean technology. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, should we get into a little bit? Let's, let's go with... Uh... I want a good skull from a synchronicity. Graham reads it out, then Dara might give it to me. Hey, don't you please read it low. Yeah. Oh, I missed that jingle. That's a good jingle. Yeah, I think I can, like, bring, import all of my uh, jingles into this thing eventually. I haven't figured out exactly how to do that yet, but it looks like I can add a bunch of music here. So let's see if this works. This is let's just pretend this is one of our jingles. Can you hear it? Yeah, but it seems to be fading out. Oh no. Yeah, you probably picked one that fades. Is the music fading itself or Yeah. Yeah, it sounds good. So one what Derek's talking about is like we're, we're is using that... a different we're using a different um software to to record this right now so check let us know if our audio is any better or worse because it should be way better Hopefully we're going to get better. the guests we're going to get the guests in here too we're going to do it all here hey yeah. maybe if enough of you motherfuckers support the show we'll start like uh streaming once every couple months again you guys can earn it yeah maybe eh? Cause we do, have started recording the video again for some of yeah. our video projects, so yeah, yeah, and you're putting videos out. You're doing some videos out, a video some little a day. videos. On, yeah. I've been still sticking to my video a day. It's it was back and forth, mostly the long ones because we had like 400 and some past live streams that had terrible titles and no notes and a bunch of crap in the beginning and a bunch of crap at the end. So I've been going through and taking those right up to where the content starts with the guest. Cutting off all the talking to the audience at the end, adding a little intro thing on and an outro, and releasing them uh, more for the video people, you know, not for you people that have been listening to the show forever so much. Most of it isn't. Now, there is some of them on there that have a little more of video content and presentations and stuff like that, but it would be either the Rockfin stuff that you guys already know we released on YouTube before and is on our other channel. Or it would be uh, one in the past that we've told you had a presentation. For the most part, it's just the video of our talking heads. But there is, I have them making some shorts that aren't that. So it is worth checking out. A bunch of those are on our regular YouTube channel, The Grand America Show, which people should subscribe to. And we have our new one, Grand America Media, which is more aimed at the YouTube audience has more shorts and it's all video content there's no audio only it's all video if you guys could subscribe to that one too and then we have the audiobook one uh adult brain publishing that also needs a like and a subscribe uh, because we're trying to get to the threshold 
get into partnership. So the one thing I noticed that the new book has taken off. It's it's done pretty good. Yeah. You're talking about the lost language of symbolism. It's the full 10 hour book on YouTube. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think it's, you know what I think? I think that starting with full audio book is a draw. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would for draw sure. me yeah. in where if yeah. it says full audio book right at the beginning and then the title. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Did I put that? I put that on there? Yeah. yeah you full put audio that book. On. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because some of them were putting excerpts and clips and stuff. It's all, all also like sort of a, you know, obviously a marketing thing for us. We have to try and reach new people. So that's uh, some of those excerpts are on there, but there's some full books. Actually, there's going to be a full book that you guys are going to love. It's called Editorpa. It was sent to me by Salvatore multiple times and then by another friend of mine in the chat, Mayor. And I'm like, this is just ringing a bell and I had to fucking read it. And it's talking about the inner earth and secret societies. And uh, it's, it's a crazy story from like the 1900, 1901 was the last edition. And it's like a, it's like a uh, maybe kind of a nonfiction slash fictions fantasy. Uh, It's almost got a sci-fi feel to it, but it's full of like science, esoteric science and sort of pushing back against materialism. It's, it was an old cult classic and that's going to be on YouTube as a full blown audiobook. So that's 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 coming soon. Coming soon. Check it out. All right. So synchros from the chats. This is from Kate Skankiolet. So I've got a few little mini synchros here to talk to you about. You can rate them if you want, um, but uh, I don't know if they need to be rated. So she says, I hope that, so people, if you put stuff in here, it can be read on the show, just so you know. Uh, so I guess I still have one friend. I posted about her in synchros before with her crazy story about rainbows and blue orbs. This week she visited for a few days as she road trips across the country and small but crazy synchro happened. She helped me go through some boxes full of fabric I've collected, mostly wool. And I found this thing I made over a decade ago for keeping my face warm while biking. I've been wondering where it was for at least a year. thought it was lost in the move. To make it, I took a sweater I had that she might have given me, honestly. I might have found it at the Goodwill bins, but she said she thought maybe she had given it to me when I was wondering aloud where I got it from. Anyways, here's the synchro. I took I took her to a couple thrift stores in town and specially skipped the Salvation Army because it's the worst one I've ever been to. On Friday while I was at work, she decided to check it out anyways, and she found another sweater identical to the original. What? So crazy. So she shows me, there's a picture here of how she made this toque thing to cover her face out of this sweater. And then her friend found that exact sweater in the place that she didn't go to. That's pretty crazy. That's a good one. So, so I got another one from um, Paul Savage posts ones in here all the time. Um. I'm going to skip past a couple of those. So this one's from Jaybird. My field manager at work, his name is Nate Beld. This is, I love, I love these ones. I'm at my dear friend's brewery right now. His name, his first name is also Nate. I'm out back enjoying some nicotine and look over at the combo lock at the CO2 pen, which uses letters rather than numbers, right? So he thinks to himself, maybe the combo is Nate. So I give it a try. 
Also, as I typed this, another of my friends named Nate just sat down at my table. This is the pick of the lock after trying Nate as a combo. And it's got Nate Beld. <laughs> the guy's name is on there. Is it unlocked? Is it unlocked? Well, no, the point is, is that Beld spells out after Nate synchronistically. Like, how can be? How can be? I'll give that one a 6.8. Um, okay. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to talk, I'm going to say, read one of Paul Savage's cause he posts in here all the time. And, um, this is just one of those like numerical ones. I was lucky to finish work early today to start my weekend. So I stopped by one of my favorite metaphysical shops on the way home to see what's new. I ended up finding a great book on sound healing and a new Oracle deck to work with. And of course, stock up on incense. I get to the cash notice the checkout price ended in a 44. A nice synchronicity. Then right away, I noticed as I was about to tap my card, the time on the Interact machine said 2.22. He says, it's always nice when spirit lets you know you're right on track. wonder if I've got that sound healing book. Joshua Goldman. Oh, I think that's that's supposed to be pretty good. So one, I think there's, oh, I thought there was one more. John has got a thing with fours lately. Oh, I could go back to our chat GPS. When was the Calgary flood? There have been several floods in Calgary, Canada, throughout its history. However, the most significant in recent times occurred in June 2013. The flood was caused by heavy rainfall, which led to the overflow of the Bow and Elbow Rivers, resulting in significant damage to infrastructure, homes, and businesses. The flood affected over 100,000 people and resulted in five fatalities. It didn't mention uh, geoengineering or anything like that? No, I think, I mean, they don't mention that June is also when all the snow in the mountains is melting. So it's a real yeah. bad month for it to rain here. Well, that's why I was worried about this year because we have so Good much flag. snow. Like, Good I've never flag. had five feet of snow piled up outside the driveway. Like, <sighs> great. It's going to be a great duck hunting season. Anyway, do you have a quote for us? I do. I do have a quote. It's the profound quote of the week. Darren, can you guess it? It's the profound quote of the week. What if it's not a human? Well, then you shouldn't be reading it on the show. So this is pretty creepy. At some stage, the human species will divide. Whilst most will continue to evolve, a minority of those lacking the intellectual capacity of thought will develop a subspecies. Excuse me, I got a burp. Being easily led, form into packs attempting to control the majority. They will deny biology, attempt to undo the centuries of... This can't be real. They will deny biology, attempt to undo the centuries of human development by rewriting history and gradually revert to their primate origins. They will expect all to conform to their point of view without question. Aldous Huxley. I don't know, but this is the picture of my, I, there's no name, but you might recognize this picture. Karl Marx. Is that who? No, that's not who it is. Is it? I don't Karl know Marx. Like who it is. 
Uh, I don't know. It doesn't say, so I could I be know, right. So. I could be yeah. right. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed our lazy ramblings this week. It's important you have, head over to contact. It's important you support the show. But it's also important we do support people coming out to Utah next month. It's a 420 bash. Come and hang out with us. Contact at thecabin.com. Got an audio book at adultbrain.ca. Most importantly, enjoy the chat with David and Ksenia. Oh, I'll oh, do their the bios, bios quickly. Yep. yep. So Ksenia is uh, grateful that our paths have aligned. She's a star lover, a baker of chocolate desserts, a devotee of L.M. Montgomery novels, and a loving mother of three. And if not sipping tea and reading her favorite in her favorite cafe, she'll be singing R&B classics or riding her bike down country lanes. And she's here to support you with Guiding Star Astrology and the rich foundation that is Holistic Astrology. Let me help you move forward from past events, confidently face future challenges, realize your potential, and celebrate the uniqueness of you. And that's at GuidingStarAstrology.com. And she's got a YouTube channel as well. And David Warner Matheson explores the star myths of the world. He is the author of Myth and Trauma, The Ancient Worldwide System, Ancient Myths, Ancient Wisdom. Astral Theology for Life, The Undying Stars, and the Matheson Corollary, and the Star Myths of the World, and How to Interpret Them, Volumes 1, 2, 3, and 4. Wow, he's managed to get a lot of books out. Dave's a machine. He's got. Yeah, Dave's he's a machine. machine. And he's a fun guy to hang out with. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat. Let me, let me just mention, too. He's also an avid surfer and uh, turning into an expert didgeridoo player. Quite a good didgeridoo. That it? Yeah. Enjoy the chat. If you would take a trip to where I am, California, but not for long. Dave and Ksenia, welcome to Great America. Thanks for joining us. How's it going? Going thanks great, Graham. Yeah, yeah, thanks. This will be fun. We're going to talk about uh, upcoming trip to Utah, 420, Contact at the Cabin. So we're looking forward to that. Dave, you're going to share some some visuals with us, I think, too, right? You got it. As soon as you're ready, I'll, I'll get everybody excited. I'm really looking forward to this event, and it's great to be here with Graham and Darren and Ksenia and uh, all the people out in Grimerica listening. So thanks for having me back on. Yeah. Well, most of us, our listeners know you, Dave, but we don't, we might not know Ksenia. Maybe you could say a few things about yourself, Ksenia, before we jump into it. Hi, everyone. And thank you, Graham and Darren, for having me on uh, on your show today. I'm very excited to, to be here. Um, so I'm an astrologer, obviously, because of my accent, you can tell I'm from Australia. Uh, and yeah, I've been practicing astrology for, um, over 10 years now. 
So I'm here in that capacity to, I guess, join with Dave and talk about the stars. Looking forward to coming to Utah and meeting you all in person. And do you have a, where do you, do you practice to people in public? Do you have, you have a YouTube channel, right? Yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Um, it's, uh, it's under my name, Ksenia Moore, if you can spell it. <laughs> it's, um, but Guiding Star Astrology is the name of my business. So yeah, I've got quite a, a lovely following and crew of people who, um, tag along with me each week as I talk about what's happening in the, in the heavens, in the, the language of the skies. So, um, that's my main platform. But yeah, I do teach astrology as well, do readings for people and, um, yeah, love to, love to share about astrology whenever I can. Right on. You guys see, speak the same language of the stars or is it yeah, a little different Dave's is a little different to mine but we contribute to one another's I think yeah I think this is really all ancient wisdom the ancient myths from Mesopotamia or ancient Egypt ancient Greece ancient China those people were following what astrologers said. I mean, astrologers were a big deal in Mesopotamia. Astrologers were a big deal in ancient India, in ancient China. And it's part of some ancient inheritance of humanity, some wisdom for, I'm convinced, for our benefit, for our blessing, for individual benefit and blessing, and also societal. It operates on both of those levels that we need today more than ever and not the only individual the people, and not, not only the people but the priest kings and the the authorities followed it right they Absolutely. still do well yeah yeah yeah, yeah but we <laughs> but, they but all use it wall street <laughs> uses it <laughs> yeah so it's a yeah i think it's really fascinating to like ksenia can tell you what Sagittarius is all about and in the in the heavens and the cycles and how those impact our lives and it's really about knowing yourself so we all have a different mix of ingredients if we were a recipe you know Graham's got a slightly different mix of ingredients than Darren than me but knowing yourself what could be wrong with that? I mean, it's really essential. In fact, knowing your true self, your authentic self, over the years, I've become convinced that the myths are about know yourself. And astrology is also about know yourself. And in the ancient Greek oracle at Delphi, or I think in England, they pronounce it Delphi, but because I'm a I like Delphi. I say Delphi, yeah. But that's where, that's one of the places in the ancient Greek world, the most sacred site of Delphi, the the Python, the god Apollo, the, you know, the contact with the divine realm and the guidance for whether we should go to war with the Persians or whatever, all that, you know, that you see in the movie 300, that, uh, and they kind of made the Temple of Delphi kind of a bizarre, um, you know, it's artistic interpretation. But back to the Temple of Delphi, the ancient writers themselves tell us there were different inscriptions at Delphi. And there's two or three that are mentioned, but one that's mentioned by everybody is at the Temple of Delphi, the place where you go to hear the voice of the gods, 
know thyself. That wow. was universally said to be at the temple of Delphi. So the way you hear the voice of the gods, the heavens, has something to do with know thyself. Anyway, yeah, yeah. astrology clearly has to do with know thyself as well. So that's one of the places where I see um, a connection. Absolutely. But it's also different, you know, different emphases. Sorry, go ahead, Tisanya. No, I'm just agreeing. I'm just agreeing. It, it really, astrology really ties into the ancient hermetic principles, you know, as above, so below, and all those sorts of things. The polarities, it, it draws in a lot of ancient wisdom and knowledge because it it is an ancient system. And up until um, the medieval era, people studied it at university, even in the West. So it's fallen from favor for many mysterious reasons um because certain people groups want to keep it in their in their power um but i think one thing that the revival of astrology at the moment is bringing is giving the people the, the power back to work with the cycles of nature to understand themselves as you've said and um it's very exciting to see it being understood uh, again nowadays as it was in ancient times or starting to be at least yeah are, are there any lineages at all for astrologers like you know how the reiki you know how the reiki lineage comes from um asui or whatever his name is um and but it kind of gets passed down is there a, is there an astrology lineage at all I think in places like India, there is, there's a lot of, um, you know, grandma practiced it and she taught me and, you know, there's nothing written down, but we've received it. So there is a, that in the Vedic tradition, absolutely, but it's been wiped out, intentionally wiped out in the West. Um, so there's no real lineage any longer. Um, we are rediscovering a lot of things through ancient texts and manuscripts and, and even like the, the library at, um, Nineveh or, um, Mosul, um, had a lot of astrological knowledge on those tablets that were discovered there. Um, that has, um, yet some of it hasn't been interpreted yet, but a lot of what has is, is really informing our current Western knowledge about uh, astrology. Um, so yeah, we've, we've lost our lineage in the West, but it still is alive in China and in India and places like that for I sure. I suppose that's kind of what you're doing. You and, and your contemporaries now is starting new lineages, I guess. Right? Yeah, that's right. In fact, there's a movement in, um, in the in Western astrology to understand the Hellenistic principles and go, go back to that ancient knowledge. So, um, that's, that's gaining a lot of momentum at the moment. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy who's running that. Um, he runs, uh, the astrology podcast and, um, he's brilliant. So yeah, there's a, there's a big movement towards getting back to our lost lineage and, again. And what I was going to say is it seems like there are, I'm, I'm not an expert in it, but, you know, in the world of Kung Fu or martial arts, there are different in, and sometimes they all hate each other, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like even descendants within the same style, um, you know, have some pretty big variations. Well, who, which which lineage are you from in this style? But it seems to me that in astrology, there are people who focus more on, I don't know, uh, like certain. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of my depth. I'm waiting for you to jump yeah, in. Yeah, I'll jump there's in. <laughs> like, there's like all kinds of different approaches to it. There's there are. Like, 
there are uh, and, and look, or whatever all these different like oh well this person really focuses on that yeah well because there's so, so many facets there's financial astrology and we're coming up to a time right now when pluto is about to change signs on the 23rd of march and in financial astrology that's one of the most momentous events whenever pluto changes signs because because as you would know dave he was the ancient god of great wealth in mythology and he corresponds to that in astrology as well to great wealth and so the financial markets all pay attention when pluto is moving from one sign to another so there's financial astrology there's medical astrology there's karmic astrology there's personal astrology there's world event like you know you name it there's an astrological uh you know stream that will interpret those sorts of things um but what's i guess what's really factional if you want to talk about that in astrology is the vedic system which is the Indian system is based on something called sidereal astrology, whereas the Western system is based on the tropical astrology placements of the planets. And so there's a big divide there and quite a lot of um, contention and and argument um, between people about which one's right and which one's the one to use. Um, Personally, I use tropical astrology, which is the Western system, um, because my belief is that we are incarnate in human form on the planet here on earth and therefore we're under the influence of the seasons that's what governs our life and um and so therefore i use tropical astrology which is based on the seasons the solstices the, the equinoxes um the, i see sidereal astrology as important but it's based on the constellations of stars and their placement and so um with the with that in mind it's much more beyond the solar system so it's more about our spiritual journey and, and everything out there in other dimensions and what have you rather than tropical which is very earth centered so if you want to know about your life on earth you use tropical astrology if you want to know spiritual things beyond that you'd use sidereal so oh that's uh, a great description yeah Thank you, because it's hard to sum that up in a nutshell. It's quite complex. Would you speak? You were speaking about the financial, um, the Pluto thing coming up on the twenty third. Would the twenty second slash twenty third be a great time to unleash a new technology to the world? Ooh, (laughs) it sounds like you've got something in mind. Um, uh, It may be. It could also be a bit of a volatile time, Um, but. Uh, it would all depend on your chart, really, uh, if if you're thinking of launching this. No, 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 no. I just know of somebody that is. That is, yeah. yeah. Well, you would probably need to look at their chart personally and determine, okay, is Pluto moving into the sign of Aquarius going to be beneficial in their chart? Oh, okay. um, if if it is, then, then absolutely go for it. Launch. launch Graham's something. asking for his friend. George yeah. Soros. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> George I'm Soros. For, I'm asking for my friend Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's disastrous for them then. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is for Randall and, and Bendall. Oh, yeah, this is gonna, great, it's, great. It's, it's I, was, I was only joking. Gonna, I'm not in It's going to come out very soon. So, well, Randall probably has a bit and of an idea about astrology. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's based <laughs> yeah. on the Vajra, like ancient uh, <laughs> Vedic sort of stuff i mean it's it's fucking fascinating it's the best genesis story you could ask for for a new energy technology i mean it's unbelievable right. wait till you guys see it it's it's to me it's just it's mind-blowing 
It's truly that's, bringing this. That's why we come on Grimerica. It's, 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 bringing, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's potentially totally world changing and it's bringing ancient wisdom to like this new technology that could change the world. Right. Yeah. That is awesome. When I first went on the snake bros, the first time I was ever on there, I was talking about the thunderbolt weapons and yeah. And, uh, and, and Russ that's goes, what they say. This I is think big. It was that's Russ. from the Vajra, yeah. right? That's yeah, that, that weapon Russ. is the Vajra. It was either Russ or Kyle goes, Oh, you mean like a Vajra? I'm like, <laughs> Well, you don't just hear, you know, guys from Texas say, you mean like the Vajra, <laughs> like every day. I was like, whoa, you know about the Vajra. It's all the, you know, it's all celestial as well, but uh, that's fascinating. So, so great. Well, that, that'll that come out before our trip. Yes, it will. Ooh, yeah. could change, so it next, could change everything. Next week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah, mean, well so, I don't, I mean, I don't know. This is supposedly right. So. Yeah. Well, they've timed it for the equinox on the 21st, the new moon on the 22nd, and Pluto changing signs on the 23rd. So boom, boom, boom. It's um, it's a big week next week. All right. Well, that's well that's, done then. Maybe that's why. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So great you want question. to talk about Grand. Yeah, you, let me show so 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 I think it's a great segue to say to people, look, on this trip, you can hang out with Graham, you can hang out with Darren. You can hang out with Ksenia. You can hang out with me. I mean, you can hear my stuff, and I'll talk a little bit about my research, but very little in this uh, towards the end of this presentation. Just for people who aren't familiar, but I've been on you know a lot of times, so people probably know. You can go read my books or check out my courses online. These trips that you and Darren came up with are really a chance to hang out and just talk and, you know, let our hair down and um, party and hike. And I'll show some, some pictures, but why don't you talk a little bit about your concept of contact at the cabin originally? That's the overarching is contact at the cabin. This is Darren's brainchild, right, Darren? Well, I think we both, both of you. I'm not going to okay. give him full. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm just joking. I'm just jabbing you, Graham. It's, it, it's Darren's idea, right, Darren? No, we, it was both of us. You heard him. That's <laughs> how you came up with it, Graham. But the difference <laughs> is from like an ordinary conference. An ordinary conference, you kind of sit in the auditorium. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna market it for you. You sit in the auditorium. <laughs> yeah. You get like seven or eight people come up and talk for a half an hour. Then they disappear. You know, they go home or whatever. You may get a chance to, you know nudge your way up and talk to them, you know, in a group of people, but you kind of flipped it on its head and said, well, we're just going to invite two or three people. And, you know, Dave, we want you to be one of the people in the, you know, one of the first ones, where would you like to do it? And I said, well, Bryce Canyon has some of the best stargazing in the world. And Darren was like, well, who would you like to come with you? And I, you know, I forget who I said, but you came up with Brandon, which I didn't know Brandon Powell that well before, but I listened to some of his interviews on Grimerica. And then when you meet him in person, fantastic. And he's going to be there. I'll show some just a few little slides, and I'm sure you're going to have him on or have had him on recently. But um, that was fantastic. And so it was just, you know, me and Brandon gave different presentations. Brandon led breath work. I talked about the stars. I showed the stars over Bryce Canyon. But most of the time is just hanging out, eating food, 
you know, taking ice baths <laughs> with Brandon, you know, partying in the in the lodge, going on hikes in these amazing, you know, landscapes. Zion, Bryce, yeah. Riding around in the van driven by, and it's not too much driving. Like some of the, <laughs> some of the geological tours, we we cover almost the whole state of Washington like ten times with Randall. But this one, we're just Montana. One is two states. We cover two states. <laughs> this well, isn't three, too much time. Three, this is just enough time to get scared of Graham driving. Um, yeah. <laughs> on those mountain roads. They like they like me driving. I think they feel safe I'm when joking. I'm driving. I'm joking. Yeah, I, I feel safe with you driving. But yeah, what this start, this start, I mean this started with a weekend in the woods. I mean, with a bunch of friends, right? I mean, it started like that. It went we made it to the coast the next year and we thought we gathered a whole like 20 or 25 of us just hung out. It's like a weekend long podcast, right? And then and then we thought we should get some guests to present for us and we'll make it like a like an intimate conference type thing, you know. And then we started after that, we made the big one with Randall, which was three groups of people coming through uh, Colorado near the four corners to go through the, the uh, Pueblo and the Chaco Canyon type stuff. Um, I can't remember the actual names of it. And the first so, one we tried to do value for value. Where we, well, we had no presenters and it was just oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, we yeah, were that all going to meet friends everyone was going to pitch in, but then it like fell apart. And that's kind of how it got monetized because like at the end of the first one, there was a bunch of money outstanding on the cabin that, you know, kind of, it ended up costing Graham and I, all of our travel expenses, plus like hundreds of dollars of cabin expenses from people who canceled last minute or didn't, didn't pay up or, you know, just weird little things that happen when you just start telling people on the internet to meet you someplace. Mm. That's but, always uh, hard. But anyway, you guys have, you guys have put on a lot of these now and they're fantastic. There's, um, you know, special, special grasses that you can see there. This one's on, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> he looks like me. But very with, short with hair. Now notice that is a ranger tab, right? there um from the u.s army ranger school from when i was young and there's the mighty coach chris in the background sitting next to what looks like two lightsabers i don't know what's up with that but anyway um that's just, just the sunshine i think that's just the sunshine into darren's green screen yeah <laughs> i'm going to uh share my screen and just get this off of the okay, screen sure, have you, no problem, have you, <laughs> i mean i'm joking look that was rolled by brandon powell himself right there he's like <laughs> he's like Try one of these. Um, yeah, so let me share my screen. Have you enabled screen sharing? Yes, you have. Looks like you have. Let me try. Contact at the cabin has changed Dave's life. <laughs> It'll change Look at your his life. hair now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smoking It'll weed, growing his hair life. up. <laughs> All right, look. He's got this popping, popping shockers with the didgeridoo. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to talk for too long with this slideshow, but I just want to show... Look, this is kind of, we're less than one month away, but there's still openings for those of you who want to come. And it's just fantastic. So this is where we're going. This is a little tile I made for Instagram. Bryce King, and this is a picture I took on the trip last year. And it says, get your Thor on. And that's actually a formation at Bryce Canyon. But I mean, look at Bryce Canyon. It is just magnificent. That's a, that, that feature that's sticking up above the horizon is called Thor's hammer. And 
the gods who are in the ancient myths are in the stars, including Thor. There's Thor. He showed up. I managed to catch a picture of Thor just as he was <laughs> cresting the top of Bryce Canyon. But this is about the gods that are out there in the stars, but also inside of us. This is about our our authentic self recovering who you are. That's what I believe the ancient myths are really all about. So look closely at that picture of Thor's hammer. Meet the gods in the stars. Contact at the canyons 2023. Look at it closely and imagine that you have a hammer that never misses. Can you imagine if you never missed, like whatever you threw your hammer at, that's what the god Thor's hammer would hit. Whatever it looked at, it would hit. And why is my thing not advancing? Come on. I'm, I'm doing this beautiful lead-in and the thing isn't working. Uh, <laughs> there I you go. Oh, now, hey! Imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine you had a hammer that would always hit its target, no matter what. There is, that's what happens to you when you come to contact at the canyon. So this is this is the lodge where we stay. You can see it's a rustic, it's actually historic. Like the the logs that are out there on the porch, I think are new, but the wall that you see with the window in it and the modern light fixture is all from a 1800s cabin that was, you know, moved here at some particular point. So there's Graham with an energy drink and a Thor's hammer. <laughs> there's Laura, friend of the show, Laura. She's um, does a lot of uh, events. Max. Yeah. For, for Randall and, and there's uh, the mighty Oliver. I think he was on an event recently with you guys up in, is that, is that correct? You see Oliver? I think yeah, Oliver, Oliver was just there. Oliver yeah. will also be, um, I, I can't see the screen in a stupid Zoom lately. I don't know why. Mm. But Oliver is coming to Utah to help do the cooking again. He'll be helping with breakfast. All right, yeah. All right. Well, go get next to Graham so you can see his screen. Otherwise, I won't get any of your witty comments. But anyway, <laughs> I think Oliver's about to, he's putting a beer down for Graham to smash it with the hammer that never misses. But really, meet the gods. That is what the myths are actually all about. So here's where we go. We take hikes. This is, you know, a dangerous cliff. You can see I've positioned myself to where if I fall off the cliff, I can at least grab that, you know, bush like in the cartoons i think that's patrick there with the hat he's staying a respectful distance away from the edge of the cliff but there's bryce canyon you can go there with us we also uh, this is also bryce canyon it may not look as huge as it really is i think this is called wall street yeah this is wall street look at for for size we have one of our contact at the canyons attendees right down there can you see him that's how big yeah. that is. Yeah. I hope we don't have to. Do we have to take that hike back up? I mean, that's, that's, a you have to go straight up the wall. Yeah. yeah. You have to go straight <laughs> up the wall. You, you can use hands and feet if you're, if your upper body isn't strong enough, or, but if you're really tough, you just use hands. I'm kidding. There, it's not that hard of a hike. Graham, it was, it was about? pretty bad. <laughs> Are you kidding? I but, but like, you don't, but we don't have to do that. Right. You know, everything is optional on this trip. You don't have to do anything, but there's the trail coming out of the. All right. I'm going to show a few more. This is looking the other direction. It's just glorious. And it's, it is catastrophic. So this is part of, I am convinced there was an ancient catastrophe that separates us from 
something even older than the Egyptians, even older than Mesopotamia. And I believe that's where this ancient knowledge comes from, because the ancient Egyptians are already using this system. The ancient Chinese, ancient India, ancient Mesopotamia are already using this system, but they've already got different myths, even in the most ancient texts that we know of. So I believe the evidence points to something even more ancient. I think you posted something on instant Instagram today about a massive statue located in Africa that's 20,000 years old and uh, carved into the rock face. Anyway, the evidence and the evidence that the snake bros and that Ben from Uncharted X presents shows that there was some incredible ancient culture predating the most ancient Egyptians that we conventionally acknowledge that conventional academia talks about. I believe that's where this star myth system comes from in that wisdom and astrology, I believe is tapping into that. Anyway, I believe there was an ancient catastrophe. This geology that we go and look at the stars in is catastrophic. You just don't find this kind of feature everywhere on earth. And I believe it has to do with massive flooding, the things that Randall talks about, the Younger Dryas impact theory, all that. It's all tied together. Anyway, I'll just show a few more. Um, here we are in Zion. There's Graham again in the front. This is in away. April. I want to know how cold that water yeah, is. Yeah, it's not too bad, actually. Oh, good. Yeah, but it's, it's still kind of chilly, though, at night, uh, especially doing the stars over Bryce. It's, it is pretty cold, cold at night. Yeah, um, cold. It gets a little chilly in the shade sometimes during the day. But I think this was probably like 19 or 20 degrees maybe that day. Or does that mm. ring a bell, Dave, Darren? 19 or 20 is freezing, man. What are you talking about? No, no, that's the right way to. That's Celsius. I'm with you guys. I'm joking. Um, No, this is the Virgin River. This is a slot canyon called the Narrows. We have different hikes in Zion. This is one of the optional hikes. This was like on the quote flex day where you could go ride four by fours or not four by fours, side by sides with Darren and and, uh, Brandon, or you could go on this hike, or you could go on various different hikes that people did. But we also have some other hikes in Zion that don't require you to get chest deep in the Virgin River. But this is an amazing, and slot canyons, again, you cannot explain slot canyons with uniformitarian, a trickle of water just trickled through here and just decided to keep Over cutting straight down. Years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it just, it just decided to cut straight down and never got any wider slot. Can, and this thing gets really narrow, like, um, like a slot. And, um, the, some of them, first of all, slot kings are not found all around the world. Zion is just absolutely rife with slot canyons. All the slot canyons are found in this part of the world. And I believe it's because of catastrophic forces on our planet that very likely cut us off from that very deep ancient that's even more ancient than the egyptians than ancient india than the olmecs there's probably a culture even before that but not to get too uh long-winded let me just show a few more glorious pictures this is also at zion look at that and just for scale again look at these people in the background i, I managed to circle or I managed to catch one. That's one of our contact at the canyons participants back there hiking on the trail. These are huge and they have been formed by massive. Look at all the different striations there. This is just 
powerful landscape. If you want to feel, you know, the awe of nature and the power of nature. So I hope that you can come. There's Brad, Brad Young. Uh, you know, he and Randall have been exploring geology since the early 90s together, I believe. Brad's still there holding up Zion to keep that rock from falling on the trail. This is one of the this is one of the trails that we that we hike on. You can see there's a pretty actually a pretty steep drop and it goes down into a it's actually a slot down there. There's like a river cut at the bottom in a steep, steep channel. But we hike, this is one of the hikes we do at Zion right along through that kind of uh cave feature. And when you go by, you know, you can tickle Brad and see if he lets the rock down and drops it on. He's still there holding it up. He has to stay there as we go by. I'm just kidding. I don't know if Brad's going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, uh, I'm just trying to show the power of this. And you can see the power. There's Brandon. He is getting high on rock art. We go see some petroglyphs. You can see some petroglyphs in the background. That's at Zion, a little petroglyph site that petroglyph site that we will visit. And I believe there's a celestial component to this uh, petroglyph site as well. We'll talk about it when we go and we go check it out. And you can just, you can get that feeling that Brandon is showing for us. Brandon is amazing. Brandon leads the breath work. He's a, he's a master Wim Hof instructor. He is, he's also a, like a jujitsu master you know, he's had a black belt, I think, since the 90s. He's got his own studio. He's a he is a real modern warrior shaman. Amazing person. Amazing, <laughs> amazing man. I saw him on Instagram the other day shooting his bow and arrow in his living room through his kitchen, out the kitchen window and through a target. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, I did. I've been to his house. It's <laughs> uh, He's got some crazy setups out there. He's a good dude. And uh, I think when we were in Shasta last month, I think just about everybody got in that cold water at some point. And it was at least 30, 30 out of 40 people. Yeah, it's totally optional to get in the ice bath. But uh, Brandon is a master. He is there, you know, watching you like a hawk. He's he's a he's a serious Wim Hof. Like he's not joking around when he's watching you in the ice bath he's making sure that you're not gonna panic and he's there to help you and he's he's just a force of nature like like zion so uh he's not here on this call i'm you know hopefully those interested will go listen but really you've got to meet him in person and experience the breath work the first time we did the breath work the very first time we did this event because this will be the third one i think the first time it was so transformative and Darren, you turned to me and said, no one ever sees that breath work coming. You just don't see, I don't know if you remember saying that, but it's like, yeah. like well, how, how transformative can breathing be? You know, I do it every day. I've been doing it my whole life. It's powerful. It's really powerful. As you can see, Brandon's taking a powerful breath right there. I don't know where are you gonna wear a speedo in the pool again this year, Dave? Yeah, well, that's what men wear. Right? Yeah. Well, that you, you surf in you surf in your speedo, I guess, right? I, mean, I do. You, so I do surf. You are just bringing your surfing gear there. Yeah. Cold water, man. It's good for you. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think I have a picture 
somewhere in here maybe getting in the cold water nope i don't <laughs> um <laughs> oh, there's no fucus though yeah oh all right you want to talk some stars real quick so just for those like quick taste we will go out and look at the stars and i will use the laser pointer to show you constellations if you've never seen this or that constellation before you know no promises that we won't have ufo sightings clouds or something yeah well look it's a desert it's one of the best places for stargazing um so i am very hopeful that the skies will cooperate they they always have so far and also not only do we have one night where we stay out at bryce and see the stars from a very high point like elevation nine thousand feet which is i don't know what three thousand meters or something it's over 9,000 feet in the, on the rim of Bryce Canyon. But also, I will get up every morning for, you know, the four or five people who are interested at 5 a.m. pre-dawn, and we'll look at the pre-dawn lineup of stars if you want to see the stars that are up before dawn as well. But just briefly, look, I think I've shown this before, but it's one of my favorite. This Bell Crater used to be on display at the Boston Museum of Fine Art. The last time I went to the Boston, most recent time, that whole wing was closed. And I was like, I came all the way out to Boston to see this one vase. How can, <laughs> how can you not have it? Anyway, um, so I hope it's back on display now. But this right here proves this vase, which has been on display in Boston since 1908, because there's a book published in 1908 that talks about how there is no finer example of artwork perhaps in any ancient, you know, this this writer in 1908 was saying how much, his name was John Beasley. He was a big deal in Vey's study. Uh, he called this the pan painter, bell crater, name vase. Anyway, not to get off track. He was very impressed by the artistic quality of this. It's been on display in Boston since 1908. And it shows the world that the gods and goddesses of ancient myth are based on the stars. Of course, John Beasley didn't talk about that in his writings about this. But as soon as I saw this vase, I said, oh, wow, that is unbelievable. This is a drawing of it. So you can see because the curve, you can't really see. This is from the myth of the goddess Artemis and the unfortunate prince Acteon. He's being torn apart by his hunting hounds. I won't go into the story. I've talked about it in a lot of podcasts, but it is just such a clear example. This drawing shows it kind of flat so that it doesn't curve away. Acteon is at a specific angle. The goddess is at a specific angle. I'm going to show it to you. Um, do I need to minimize? Or is it no, blocking? No, that looks good right there, yeah. Can you yeah. see Acteon? Because on my yep. screen, yeah, on my Thanks. screen, okay. Me with a large, um, you know, peace smoking offering is in the way, but. Um, anyway, you can see it. That's great. So the, here it is. I made it a little smaller. Let me show it to you in the night sky. This is the brightest part of the Milky Way. And it really starts coming up at around midnight, the time of year that we're there. So this will be just <laughs> kind of at the tail end. I mean, we can stay out as late as everybody wants. But as you already mentioned, it gets pretty cold where we're going. We'll see. So those who are coming bundle up or bring warm clothes but this year it looks this, like we're gonna add a little party van over in the parking lot with uh yeah, right on some, some propane dinner, right? heaters mm. the dinner will be up there so there'll be some leftover oh, food right 
and there'll be some drinks over there as well and some music so people can go back and forth from the point oh, the there you go warm up Except me. so this year we should be able to stay up uh, quite a bit stay up, i think we should be able to stay up there quite a bit later this year awesome yeah i'll stay out at the point and keep pointing things out but um that's great so um the and and this year it's on it's it's on it's at the end of april so yeah it might be a little cold but i am very confident that it should be nice and clear and we should have beautiful views of the stars and i have a powerful laser pointer to to point out these constellations and show them but what i want to show this is just by way of introducing to those who don't know about my work i've been exploring the evidence that the world's myths are based on the stars i'm going to talk about some constellations just really briefly that relate to you know Ksenia knows the significance of all these constellations but these are zodiac constellations that are depicted in this ancient vase this vase is from you know conventional academics admit this is from 540 550 bc from ancient greece now this is the constellation known as sagittarius it is a zodiac constellation meaning the sun and the planets move through the background stars of the zodiac and that's sagittarius and just look Sagittarius, look back at the drawing of this vase that I showed you earlier. It's a large, it's a big bell crater. Like it's bigger than, you know, a full-size computer. It's like, it's big. If you were picking it up, it'd be like, you know, between your, between your arms, you'd have to hug it. And then next to see Sagittarius pointing a bow towards the brightest part of the Milky Way. And then towards the constellation scorpio so there's sagittarius there's scorpio these are important zodiac constellations and if you look at that artwork from the ancient artist i want to point out something i don't know that i've ever shown it on grimerica before but notice how the goddess appears to be walking in one direction but then looking back pointing her bow in the other direction this is a very distinctive feature that you see in artwork around the world, and you see it in the myths. Often a woman walking one way, looking back the other way. Now look at the constellation Sagittarius. The reason for the ancient myths about walking one way, looking back the other way, the reason for this ancient depiction of the goddess walking one way, looking back the other way is that's what the stars of Sagittarius suggest they suggest the motion of walking one way but looking and actually shooting a bow back the other way look at the this look at the i'll move those arrows look at the features that this ancient artist has incorporated i'm going to put this yellow arrow the feet are in the same position the bend of her knee is in the constellation the length of her dress is suggested by the constellation the angle of her bow look at how she's holding her bow it's kind of almost like sidearm and the angle of the bow of sagittarius is very different than the angle of the bow of orion for instance orion also has a bow but he holds it at a totally different angle the tassel here that this ancient artist has included on it looks like she's holding a samurai or has a samurai sword or something on her on her back like in kill bill she's gonna you know pull out that sword and start chopping people up or maybe it's a quiver for arrows but it has a tassel on the top and look at the feature on sagittarius there's a very distinctive feature 
Sometimes it's envisioned as different things and different myths, but the artist has incorporated it. I would argue this is just conclusive evidence that this goddess Artemis is associated or was by the artist, at least associated with Sagittarius. And there's other evidence from myth that Artemis was associated with Sagittarius. And there's some significance with that, which I'll just quickly elucidate. Also, look at the angle of Actaeon. She's pointing her bow towards Actaeon. He is angled like Scorpio. And even the little curly Q tails of the dogs kind of suggest the tail of Scorpio. His arms kind of flung overhead suggest the um, pinchers of Scorpio. It's very clear to me that this scene is a celestial scene. But here's an ancient hymn to Artemis. It's called an, it's one of the Orphic hymns. She was associated Artemis, and this is proof from this one ancient text, but there's other texts that also mention it. She was associated with childbirth. She was present at the birth of every child. She allowed that child to be born into the world. Here in this, this is kind of an older 18 or even 1700s translation of this Orphic hymn. There's more modern ones, but... So this is kind of a little bit archaic poetic language, the way this is particularly translated from the 1700s. But the hymn is praising Artemis, and it says, Hear me, Zeus's daughter, celebrated queen, in darts rejoicing. She darts meaning arrows. But the third line, over births presiding. You preside, you rule over births, and thyself a maid or a maiden, meaning you're a virgin. She's a virgin goddess. That's one of the reasons why she was slaying Actaeon. He was staring at her while she was bathing, and she said, you're not allowed to do that. You, you can't stop looking at me, can you? Anyway, she um, she turns him into a, a deer, and his own hunting hounds chase him down. But So she's very strict and severe goddess. And she's a virgin, but she presides over births. Very interesting. And this ancient Orphic hymn points that out. You're, you yourself are a virgin, and yet you preside over births, virgin births, to labor pangs, imparting ready aid. So when a woman's in labor, the pain of labor, you give help to women who are in labor. And so... This is fascinating because Sagittarius is located right next to that galactic center, the galactic core. The, it's some, some listeners probably know the Maya talked about the birth canal in the galactic core. But also this is where the stars, at least modern astronomers tell us, this is where the stars of our galaxy are born. But it's also the rebirth point of the new year where uh, the new year, meaning the December solstice, the in the northern hemisphere, the sun goes down, down, down until its lowest point at the solstice, the coldest, darkest day of the year. And then it turns back around. So she is a virgin, but she presides over birth. And she, look where she she's associated with a constellation that's located on the zodiac wheel with the turning back upwards and in the heavens with the birthplace of our whole galaxy in the core, the galactic core, the birth canal of our galaxy, but it's a virgin birth. This is actually the second birth. 
This is the spiritual birth. It's not our physical birth. That's associated with a different part of the cycle, a plunge downward point actually at an equinox. So I'm giving you, I'm I'm giving just a, a hint, I hope, of, I, I just want to show how profound this amazing ancient system is. And I just wanted to relate it also to the Bible in Genesis. And this is really foundational texts for the whole biblical story of Adam and Eve getting thrown out of the garden. It says that the Lord God cursed the serpent and said, here down at the bottom, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. These are texts that are quoted later on in other parts of the Bible. These are really important texts. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And this is where the constellation that Graham gave it all away. What constellation are we talking about? He looked at the slides and he said, aha, I see. Ophiuchus. Ophiuchus. So here's Ophiuchus. Now, I'm just proving, I just wanted to show a tiny, tiny bit of evidence to prove that the ancient myths are based on the stars, are based on the constellations, are based on the cycles, the very same cycles that Ksenia talks about um, and, and knows about, like the significance of these parts of the cycle. They're so profound. And it's about us. It's about us on an individual level, on a societal level. But look at this text that I've highlighted. I'll put enmity between the and the woman. Thy seed and her seed, between your offspring and her offspring, your offspring shall bruise his heel. It, it, the offspring of the serpent, shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Bruise head, bruise heel. What is that talking about? It's this particular part of the sky right here where Scorpio, that's the offspring of the serpent, is appears to be biting the heel or right next to the heel of Ophiuchus. But Ophiuchus is standing, bruising the head of the serpent or the scorpion. It actually acts as a serpent or a multi-headed serpent in many myths, more than a more than a scorpion. It's uh, Scorpio acts as a serpent. But anyway, I'm just showing this is in the Bible too, and the seed of the woman, the offspring of the woman. There's another constellation right nearby, uh, also an important zodiac constellation, Virgo. She's actually associated with the first birth in some parts of the system. But you can see she looks like a woman on her back. And we will see Virgo when we're out there at Bryce Canyon. Uh, and we'll see Sagittarius too if you want to get up early in the morning. Or if we stay out really late and go back and forth to the party van. But Virgo looks like a woman on her back with her legs elevated and raised. Which means that that's what a woman does when she is what? Birth. What? One giving at a time, birth. please. Birth. Giving birth <laughs> and also having sex. So, it, um, in in myths, this is also um, sometimes associated with uh, stories about sex because the the myths are very, you know, um, sometimes even bizarrely uh, talking about stuff where you're like, "Whoa, where did that come from?" Well, it came from the stars. But yes, this is how. A woman gives birth. Who does she give birth to? Well, Ophiuchus. I know Ophiuchus looks pretty big there, but that is the seed of the woman. I wouldn't want to give birth to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is how the myths operate. That's the seed of the woman, the virgin birth that 
this is all this is all through the myths and what are they doing is it just a puzzle no they're talking about profound things that have to do with our second birth has to do with our recovery of who we really are our suppressed and and uh, forgotten and alienated self um that's what they're talking about on an individual level but also on a societal level so i'll just end there i think that is all i have other than to say i hope that people can join us this is again i don't know who that guy is he looks like me but shorter hair um that's what a year can do to you but um i thought it might be a good segue if you want to you know talk talk about some astrology or we can save those questions for those who come they can but i know i know ksenia knows all about things that she could tell us about sagittarius that i know you know well, that i don't I love, know about i love that you were talking about it, it being associated with birth because of its position in the sky because at 27 degrees of Sagittarius is actually um, the degree of the galactic center in tropical astrology. And it's, we call it in astrology, the womb, the womb of, um, of the galaxy. So um, again, that uh, verbal tie in there with what exactly what you're talking about. So people with that point in the zodiac very prominent in their natal birth chart will have um certain characteristics certain traits that correspond to that that idea of of birth and newness and brand new life and kind of that sort of thing so it's beautiful lovely how it ties in yeah thanks for that and i i know you you're all set to divulge to all the listeners all the secrets of <laughs> Graham and Darren, if we have time, but I don't know. If- yeah, let's let's do it. Let's get into that. Sure. <laughs> we have time. Cool. Um, well, I just I went through your charts because everybody loves to know what their astrology chart says. So I might share my screen and um, bear with me a second, and we'll we'll jump. Are those didgeridoos back there, Dave? Those are those are actual. Yeah. Eucalyptus didgeridoos. Are you bringing, Are you bringing them? them? Yes. Right on. I am. Yeah, Brandon's breath work is amazing. And last year I uh, brought the didgeridoo for the breath work. And the didgeridoo is all about frequencies and rhythms and cycles. And, you know, it's a sacred instrument. It is. A, it's didgeridoo therapy for me. I play every day. And... Um, Cycles of the heavens is what Ksenia is about to talk about. So, and didgeridoos yeah. are cycles, frequencies, rhythms. It, it, those good, good eye, Darren. Those are my two didgeridoos. The top one is a B flat, and that one's a D. And they both come from Australia. Those are both eucalyptus didgeridoos. Nice, awesome. Thanks, man. Do we have we have time, guys? Like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sure. Okay. Uh, Share screen. So, um, Graham, I thought we'd start with your chart. Now, I don't know how much astrology you guys know much. Not really. I mean, we've done this before a couple of times on the show, but I I just can't really remember and wrap my head around it all. I don't really retain a lot of the. uh, Yeah. You know, so it's good to review every now and then. It, yeah, it, um, astrology is a bit of quite a lot of map reading. Actually, this is this is the map we use. It's a 
um, a, a diagram of, of the zodiac wheel um, around us. And, and so I'm a former town planner and um, reading maps was a big part of my past life before I became an astrologist. So I love this component of um, astrology. But what uh, what most people know is their sun sign. So if you say, oh, what zodiac sign are you? What we're referring to is what sun sign, where was the sun? What constellation was the sun in when you were born? And you, Graham, um, uh, like Dave, are actually a cancer sun person. So um, born at a very similar time of year. So this symbol here is your sun in cancer, but you're also a cancer rising. So we would say you're a double cancer energy. Um, and the other, so there's three main components we look for is the sun, the moon, and the rising sign. So sun in cancer, cancer rising, and you have your moon in lovely Libra down here, that symbol. But when I look at this chart, some of the things that stand out to me, I just thought I'd share a couple of little points, is this this piece here. This is Venus. This is the symbol for Venus. And in your chart, it happens to be in a conjunction with Regulus, which is the, the famous ancient Persian star. It's one of the royal stars of ancient Persia that sits in the heart of the lion. It's known as Regulus Heart of the Lion, the constellation of Leo. And, and very interestingly, what this means in your chart, it's that it's telling you that the second half of your life is going to be very connected to having a strong leadership role of some sort and, and being a leader in something that you are passionate about, that you've really, you know, at, at the heart of who you are. So I, I love seeing things like that in the chart that tell me, you know, where you're heading and how life's unfolding for you. And it's very, very beautiful that that should be the case. Second half of his life doesn't start for about 10 years, though. Yeah, you got heaps of time. You got heaps of time. <laughs> so you're definitely rising up into more and more of a leadership role, which you're obviously doing already in the capacity of what your career is. But speaking of career, um, we look at the ruler of your 10th house, and this is for quick astrology 101. Each zodiac sign in the system I use represents a house, um, and a house is a realm of life, a realm of, you know, a house might have to do with um, relationships or money or career or well-being, that kind of thing. So the, the realm of the chart in your chart that has to do with career um, is ruled by the planet Mars, which sits in, in your first house. So what this tells me is that in some way your career or your worldly aspirations um, will come to you. They, you, It's like they're foreordained for you to do certain things in this life. Um, you know, you, and you should always use your image, your, your um, charisma, your personality, uh, and put that towards what you're doing. You know, I, I liken it to, I don't know, I'm a fan of Modern Family and I think of Phil Dunphy in Modern Family who's always putting his face on a park bench or on some, I don't know, some car or something around town to promote his business. And that's kind of what you've got in your chart, Darren, to put your stamp onto whatever you do, your identity, your personality should form what you do for a career. Um, Jack Black also has this position in his chart and that's, um, you know, he has definitely used his charisma to to create an identity for himself um, in Hollywood, you know, in a scene where most people base a lot of their success on, you know, looks and glamour and all that sort of thing. He's he's put his stamp on on his um, career through his personality and his charisma in that in that way. 
So you have that same thing. And the the final thing that I wanted to mention that I notice in your chart is you can see, ignore these points that I'm pointing at here because um, that's Chiron, the asteroid, that's the north node of the moon. This one is Neptune, so it does have a bit of relevance. But I want to talk about the other planets that we see here mentioned by these, these symbols. And apart from Neptune, they all fall in this side of yeah, the chart. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. It seems to be all jammed over on the one side. Yeah, and that is known as the hemisphere of free will. If you had them all on this side, it would be, it's known as the hemisphere of fate. And so life is either governed by fate or free will. Now, you get a lot of people debating predestination, you know, was this foreordained for me? Was this determined for me? Um, or do I actually get a say in what happens in my life? And according to astrology, the truth of the matter is everybody has a mix. You know, you can either have all fate or all free will or a balance of both things playing out in your life. And in your chart, the emphasis, although I have mentioned that you've got most of your career um, will come to you, you'll know, you'll instinctively know what you want to do and what's right for you to do and the path that you're meant to go on career-wise. But when it comes to you know, everything in your life, you will succeed more by um, actioning things, taking initiative, um, you know, whatever you feel drawn to, go for it because you have the capacity in this chart to assert your free will onto something and make it happen, to make things happen, um, which I think is really I love seeing that in a chart. I've got the opposite. I have to just wait for fate to hand me whatever is meant to happen a lot of the time. So this is this is beautiful. Um, I love, I, I really admire people who've got the get up and go to make their life happen for themselves. So you should always follow through on, on impulses, um, that come to you, uh, initiating new things or entrepreneurial endeavors, um, because there's so much emphasis on that side of your chart. And you have Thor's hammer, which never misses. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> so I, I do have a question to tease. You kind of look me. like Jack Black too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> about the leadership part because it, it's an interesting thing because the first half of my life was more in technical leadership like i was you know coaching hockey player coach on hockey teams running departments in corporate sort of business environments running meditation groups like now i'm sort of doing less of that but maybe it's a different type that maybe you can help i me, think help me um, see because yeah. dungeon master would dungeon master count yeah that would count so Sure. What, That's what I more see, in the second half of my life. So Yeah, I see spiritual leadership, to be honest, and perhaps uh, being a leader in some kind of um, creative role or film or something like that, like YouTube or something. But this is your north node, and that after the age of 42, that's when that particular node of the moon gets activated in astrology, and that's when we really start to begin a, a rise up into whatever is our destiny um this particular incarnation so it's in the sign of pisces which is one of the most spiritual signs um and it's in the ninth house of astro of your astrology chart which is um very much about sharing information teaching what you know but in a spiritual context yeah that makes, that makes sense yeah yeah so that's what you're, it is that you're rising up into but this is this is a lot of leadership power here this venus with regulus but it'll be in that context um of of what you're rising up into with your north node 
right, so you got to be a spiritual guru. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I mean, no, maybe just pass on what I'm learning. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's kind of what I've been doing in the career in the yeah. last couple of years is just learning and then passing that on, really. So, yeah. And even the retreats that you run, I mean, <laughs> Pisces is the sign that has to do with uh, getting away from the ordinary every day, having escapes, having retreats, tapping out for a while, you know, it, that's what Pisces is a sign that governs. And so there's a, a rising up into maybe more retreats like, like Utah are on the cards for you as um, to be the leader and host of those sorts of things in the future more and more. I love it. Maybe you have to come to Australia, more foreign retreats and do a retreat out here. Maybe. Well, thanks. Maybe. That's great. Yeah. Darren. Your chart, um, this so I've just jumped over to your chart. You you have Taurus as your rising sign and the moon in Taurus, so that makes you a double double Taurus, even though you have a, a Pisces sun, which happy birthday just gone for um Pisces season. Thanks. Um and I know that you you turned 42, and it's so interesting because in astrology. That's such a significant number. And I just mentioned when I was looking at Graham's chart, why? Because the north node of the moon in Vedic astrology is considered to mature at age 42 when we begin in earnest a rise into our destiny. Up until that that maturation phase, a lot of the time we, we are still learning what we want to do or tr trying this and dabbling in that. And we kind of realize, hang on, this is what I really want in my life in our 40s, and we tend to move into that more. So hence, when the North Node matures, we tend to move into what our real soul purpose is um, in this incarnation. So when I look at your North Node, which is just down here, um, it's in, uh, in whole sign astrology, it's in the fourth house, which uh, has to do with um, home, community, family, and tribe. But in the Campanus system, just to, I'm, I might be confusing you with all these terms, but for those who are listening who know astrology, that's what I'm mentioning all this for. It happens to fall in the fifth house. So this to me says that there's going to be a, in the latter part of your life, sort of a rise into maybe being something, some sort of creativity, some sort of celebrity or recognition or, um, like I said, yeah, creativity or joy that you can do from home and from a home base. So I don't know what you do, like whether this is your main full-time career or if you have something else, um, but certainly as you get um, older in the second part of life, which we consider starts from age 42, um, I see that more more recognition, like I said, celebrity, but something that you can can do from home. I don't know how accurate that description might be of where you're heading or what you're feeling called to. Yeah, could it, I could see that happening. I do still work full time too. Um, I contemplate that from time to time. Yeah. When I turned 42, I was given a wonderful opportunity to work for a big uh, astrology YouTuber named Astrolada, and um, she's a very dear friend of mine. Um, and that was kind of like a rocket launch for me into what is now my full-time career because that was quite a few years ago now. Um, so it's 
now I look back and I see how significant that was. But at the time, it was kind of like a, it felt like a gentle unfolding, even though I look back and think that was very significant what happened to me in my 42nd year. So you might look back on this year of your life, I think, and feel like, hmm, that really set things up for where where I am now or, what, you know, what I've become or how life's unfolded for me. Um, I'm just going to quickly assess something. Oh, yeah. So you could, you have a very uh, healthy ruler of your north node. And that, that to me indicates the potential for um, quite a significant rise at some point in this year of your life. The north node takes about mm, six years to fully mature until you're 48. So at any time in the next six years, there could be this rise more into, um, into purpose, into destiny that, that I have um, alluded to, but you'll know, trust your instincts, you'll know when the time is right. But another thing, just to wrap up here that I find really, really interesting in your chart is um, that the eclipses, there's a set of eclipses coming up in April, May, um, one on the 20th of April. It's going to occur at 29 degrees of Aries, which is right here. So within locality of this very important axis in your chart. So I think that but whenever we have an eclipse on our ascendant, it's called in astrology, that heralds um, a big life shift and a big life change that that will come in. So the from April uh, the twentieth um, for the next for six months after that, because eclipses are active for six months until the next set of eclipses occur, um, there's likely to be some significant event or experience that could really change or redirection your life in some way. Maybe you meet uh, somebody, a collaborator um, for your work or um, for Grimerica show or something like that that really, you know, powerfully rocket launches things. I see partnership in some way being having something to do with the the significant event that might occur. But that's quite exciting to see that. I think Eclipse is really, uh, they're part of the universe's mechanism for pushing us forward into where we're meant to be because eclipses are caused by the nodes of the moon, the north node and the south node are what causes eclipses. And as I've alluded to already, that they're part of our destiny. So often we get an eclipse that will either kick our butt and make us get on track with where we're actually meant to be to fulfill our destiny, or if we're already heading there, we get sort of a lot of support from the universe to keep going, you know, opportunities and blessings to take us further into whatever our, our destiny might be. But that's an exciting thing coming up this year for you. You're in quite a busy, active astrological year this year, Darren. So there might be a lot of changes on the cards, I think, in your life coming up in the year ahead. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. It's been a good start. So Excellent. That's great. So it starts when the same day the event starts. How about that? Where <laughs> the event? I didn't even put that two and two together, but it, we've got an eclipse happening. I don't know where it's whether it's visible in America. Do you want it's me to check new that moon. out? Yeah. So we always try and have the events on a new moon for the best possible stargazing. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But so, it's not a uh, so a new moon would only produce a solar eclipse. Solar you know, eclipse. it is not going to cover. North America. Um, if you think about a solar eclipse, just for the listeners, you know, the moon is smaller than the sun. So when there's a lunar e eclipse, 
you can see it over almost the the over a huge amount of space but a solar eclipse is the shadow of the moon a lunar eclipse is the shadow of the earth the earth is blocking the sun from getting to the moon so because the earth is bigger than the sun uh, sorry bigger than the moon said that wrong the earth is bigger than the moon smaller than the sun the shadow of the earth covers the moon and you can basically see the moon in shadow from anywhere uh but the sun being smaller than the earth it casts a shadow almost like a rifle sight you know it's just going to hit mm. one dot on the earth one little dot of the moon's shadow and then as the earth turns through that dot it'll make a line and uh darren and i went to the last um solar eclipse to cross north america and without any coordination we drove i drove literally 15 hours longer than 15 hours because i drove for like two days straight to get there and darren drove like maybe it was 15 hours anyway we both drove like this insane distance and ended up like five miles from each other or three miles from each other we both picked a spot along that line we're like oh this is a good spot to watch the eclipse but i think the next one will be in texas in north america that's visible and we'll be doing, We're doing a big old event yeah. yeah at the snake bros ranch like a huge but, event. yeah big big shindig for the uh festival to total eclipse total eclipse is mind-blowing so there will be a, a, a eclipse of the sun that day but i don't believe the rifle dot in the earth's turn will bring that shadow across north america that day Solar eclipses in astrology, which is the new moon eclipses, are considered to affect the the leadership, the kingship, the presidents, the rulers, um, and so you often can see a change in leadership um, occur as a result of the eclipse in a sudden shocking way, um, whereas the lunar eclipse um, is connected to the masses, the hoi polloi, you and I. Um, and so uh, it stands to reason that, you know, more more people see lunar eclipses, it's more connected to the masses rather than the sun. Sun rules kingship in, in astrology. So very interesting. I need to look into what was the effect of that that solar eclipse across North America in 2019 on the rulership, um, the leadership. It would be um an interesting bit of research to to look into for sure let us know well maybe you out. can let us know when we yeah. all meet up in utah in like four weeks from now yeah love five to. weeks might be five weeks i think it's less than four weeks now it's four i guess you're right it's four and a half yeah or, yeah because no. today's the 16th of march and it's starting on the 20th of april that's right and if people want to get in on that they head over to contact at the cabin.com click on that contact at the canyons button at the top and there's a few spots left at sort of all levels so we can get you in we can get you and your your significant other in it's a great couples event if that uh, floats your boat you know stargazing all that kind of stuff let us know email me if you want to figure that out where can our listeners dig into more of your guys and thank you very much for the star charts Ksenia. appreciate it thank you hopefully it's a good year yeah and uh where can our listeners track your guys' stuff if they want to do some more digging? Well, I'm on YouTube under my name, Ksenia Moore, K-E-S-E-N-Y-A, 
M-O-O-R-E, or I have a, um, a website, uh, guidingstarastrology.com. Right on. My stuff is at theundyingstars.com, and it's star myths of the world. So I have a, a, like all my archives are on starmythworld.com, which I believe is also my Instagram, starmythworld. And so that is that is how you can find me or come to Utah if your intentions are positive. <laughs> don't, 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 hopefully none of my enemies know where we go. I'm just joking about that. Look, um, I, I hope I hope that this is, you know, this message is positive. I hope that all the things that we shared are positive. And I'm really looking forward to this event. Thanks, Graham and Darren, for coming up with this idea years ago and making it become reality. Now it's, you know, now it's it, it's become reality, you know, and it's a great it's a great event. Everybody goes away from this event feeling really good. I I hope because it's like you're able to just hang out. Like I said, let your hair down. You're you're among people who we may not all believe all the exact same things, but we're able to talk about things in ways that you might feel, you know, a little bit ostracized talking about in in other groups. It's like just a really great vibe. And that reflects you guys and the good vibes of America. So Oh, yeah. You'll have times where all of a sudden you see a group of people and everybody's talking about their UFO sightings out of the blue. And then, you you know, people are talking about their astral experiences or just whatever, asking all the cool questions that we always ask on the show. You know, it's it's amazing. It's a good time and we'll feed you. We'll weed you. We'll uh, <laughs> wine you if that's what you want, whatever you want. You know, we uh, we're getting to be pretty good at throwing a party. You just got to show up and we'll take you from point A to point B, bring you from that airport, take care of you for three days and take you back down the mountain, drop you off at the airport. You're looking cold this year, so you might get to play with some snow, but it don't matter because the those, canyons those, are always those water, hot. Those water baths will be cold. They when, will they'll be, be cold. frozen when you get up in the morning. Yeah. You just break the top of the ice little thing and you get the fuck in. All right. Dave and Ksenia, I cannot wait to hang out with you guys in a few weeks' time. I will meet you in Las Vegas. Thank you. And thanks for having me on your show today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks. Enjoy. All right, thanks. Thanks, All right guys. Come back anytime. See you in Utah. All right, hitting the leave button. Thanks, See Dave. You guys. Thanks, guys. And that was our chat with Dave and Ksenia. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, that was great. Dude, I was thinking back to my 42nd. I was like, what happened to me in four? And it was 2012, like when we started the podcast. I mean, what an important year that was for me now, looking back like 12, 11 years later. The possibility, the possibilities. You know, I was the possibilist genome back then. You know? <laughs> It's obscure comment. But I mean, look what happened though, right? I mean, the possibilities. I mean, that's what happened. A ton of possibilities opened up. So I was manifesting it then. And that happened when you turned 42? Yeah. Well, I mean, that year, that year was 42. In the middle of that year, yeah. Hmm. I wonder what I'll uh, get saddled with this year. Yeah. I wonder. Right on. Well, head over to contact at the cabin dot 
Tom, guys, we want to hang out with you guys next week. I know a bunch of people that are going out thing are going to be great already. It's going to be fantastic. And we hope to see you there. Contact at thecabin.com. It's the cheapest event to get into. And uh, the way the world's going, you might want to come this year. If you're thinking next year, the year after, I mean, it's just getting weirder and weirder every fucking year. And just come this year. Just fucking come this year. Contact at thecabin.com for america.ca for everything else we're up to. And then we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Teach me all your secrets to get a good handle on a better way to live. How does one get out of bed every day in the throes of the apocalypse? Should I bury my head in the sand or sabotage their evil plan? I feel really trapped. An ant burned by a magnifying glass. It's all a little bit too convenient All the evidence went up in flames Phonies, fraudsters, scammers belong in the slammer My friend best give up their names Should I call a militia man? Or pass out a petition pen? I feel really trapped An ant burned by a magnifying glass I don't know what y'all been told, but I got a soul made out of gold. Sound off, one, two, sound off, three, four, cadence count, one, two, a three, four. Some time ago a crazy dream came to me. I dreamt I was walking into World War Three. As prophetic as humanity, as aching bones, as Animals. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in dark. As prophetic as deja vu, as wormwood, as falling stars above. Sophia wrote it down, built an ark, now she floats it down the river in dark. I can't even hear my own thoughts for the life of me over the din of a bruised and broken culture the media spins and splatters and spins and clatters and i cringe because it's psychological warfare don't you feel yourself getting really mad how did we let it get this bad don't you feel really trapped like a brain in a vet to close Pandora's box but sirens are singing me off a cliff I'm looking to hitchhike to Shangri-La over yonder Sophia would you give me a lift hopped out of the Hegelian rebellion say goodbye to all you Machiavellians let evil destroy itself I'm bound for Shangri-La Shangri-La My dream if I could be in yours As prophetic as morning doves As groundhogs As falling stars above Sophia wrote it down Built an ark Now we're floating it down A river dark As prophetic as white wolves As butterflies As rainbows Sophia sings now, 
built a plane Now we're taking flight above a river bright La 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 Shangri-La